Radio. I am your host, Butlet, and this is your other host. Hold on. Oh, God, I'm allowed to... Oh, okay, my sneeze. The boy with the cold. <laughs> yeah, he's JD. Oh, God, yeah. I'm sick. <laughs> JD! Hi! Hey. Hello. Hello, yeah. hello, everyone. Hope you have a fantastic Christmas. And a happy new year because we are a couple of days away. Yeah. To say the goodbye to the 2019 and hello to the new decade. Yup. Kinda... Why do I sound like an NPR guy? I don't know. Maybe because I'm sick. Maybe because we're doing a decade wrap up about the most important and influential games of the decade. Not the best list. That's somebody else can do that. And Maybe us in another episode. Who knows? Yeah, but maybe. we are going to the most important, influential, the ones that, for better or for worse, changed some things in the landscape of gaming. Mm -hmm. And kind of shaped the last decade of games. But maybe. before that. Oh, huh? maybe what? Maybe what? Eh. Yeah, maybe more years to come. Probably a couple of them. But yeah. Well, yeah. before that. Uh, how was Christmas over there in the Gulo, Minnesota? Wet. We got a lot of snow and it rained. So. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of warm for Christmas. It was at least still white out, so. Oh, my God. <laughs> Whoa. Got an elf in the room. God damn. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. what do you got? What the jolly old Nick got you there? I got a brand spanking new receiver for Christmas. Ooh. And some uh, beef sticks, which I might be munching on since I haven't eaten yet today. You do yep. you, man. <laughs> yeah. So, have you set up that receiver? Does it sound... Oh, I'm using it all right. I'm using it right now. It's good. Nice. Yeah, really, really nice. But the important thing is that you you were with your family. Yeah, with your dad with a power move or that leg up rest. Oof. <laughs> Damn. Oh, he is one of the most like daddiest, like dad, dad kind. No, like you know, you hear all the grunts in the morning when he's uh, shuffling <laughs> around, not sure what he's you know what to do with himself and making. <laughs> Cereal and toast and, you know, mowing the lawn and whatever. Yeah, no. Uh, how about those dad jokes? Are, are they, like, in there or? Um, he doesn't really do puns. Ooh. He does wordplay, like. Oh, okay. Well, hey. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's a little different. He, like, he likes them a little bit smarter, so, you know. <laughs> Yeah, he, he loves twisting the English language to suit his needs. So. Exactly. Keep saying yeah. the positive, don't go into the negative, because he's going to spank you. <laughs> <laughs> Which I can say the same, but, oh, time for the dark twist, my dad died, so, whoop, no. oh, well. <laughs> oh, we got sad there all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, need, and no. No. So, my, I, I won't complain, I had a good Christmas. Oh. A lot of gift cards. Apparently, I'm a hard guy to to give. 
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> to send gifts because I got a shitload of gift cards. Well, that just means you get to decide what you get. A lot of video sure. games and some Star Wars stuff. Hell yeah, dude. And I got to see the movie for a second time. Why? Because right now, even though my partner in crime here, he's a little bit busy with work. Well, by yep. little, I mean a lot. Yep. I want to do a spoiler cast, but I'm waiting for my dear old butt here to to see the movie so we yep. can discuss we... it because I need to talk a lot about it. Yeah. I, to give you, I'm going to give you a quick recap. It's entertaining. It's not epic, and it has a lot of plot holes. That's it. And I'm an old school Star Wars fan, so I will probably be upset. Oh, Just... dude! Like I'm an old school as well, but uh, I think the thing with this movie is how far are you able to to deal with the plot holes, so you can call it at least like entertaining. Because I see what I see from the fans. And keep in mind, the Star Wars fandom is very nitpicky, to put it it's, in a... <laughs> the Star Wars fandom is weirdly split at the moment about the new trilogy, because there's a lot of new There's fans. a lot of stuff, yeah, yeah, and there's a lot of stuff that we need to discuss. And to be yeah. honest, we're going to agree a lot. It's not like I'm saying yeah. it's a yeah. good movie and you might say it's a bad movie. Yeah. We can all agree that it's an okay movie with some stuff that should have been a lot better. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, off yeah, topic. Anyway. Yeah, sorry. Games of the decade, important, influential, all of that. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna start with this one that I haven't, tell, I didn't told you before the episode. No. And talking about Star Wars is Battlefront Two, Star Wars yeah. Battlefront Two. I yeah. think the reason is pretty obvious, but I need to. I need to establish this argument from my part. So let me drink mm -hmm. a little bit of water. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The game came out November 17, 2017. Yeah. But if you guys don't remember, uh, unless you're Puerto Rican as me, we got hit out, we got hit by a category five hurricane, Maria, yeah. on September 20. As a matter of fact, a week before the storm, I got an invitation from EA to be in the closed beta or open beta, I don't remember. So when the game came out, I miss a lot of stuff. Well, I miss a lot of things <laughs> mm -hmm. in social media, but one of them was Battlefront 2. So when I got the my internet back two days before Thanksgiving, I was looking up, you know, about the game and holy shit it got a shitload of blue boxes uh, but boxes yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, but <clears throat> what I remember is that when it when it uh, when it happened is that it was in the middle of the controversy uh -huh. like I missed the very beginning so I don't I didn't know like the research and everything, all I know is that EA was, I think they canceled it or something like Disney got a hold of it and they say like, hey, you need to fix this, you know? Yeah. Um, because so I, I, I followed this pretty closely. So 
Um, sum up, the game was fine. Like it was, it was well built. It was the dice guys, you know, the battlefield yeah. guys. They can make a pretty solid game. So gameplay, fine. Maps, fine. There are, you know, it's all pretty solid and pretty, pretty well done. The yeah, problem with it, yeah, no, it was very gorgeous looking. The problem <clears throat> with that game was EA. Um forced a ton of microtransactions into it. And I mean an incredible amount of microtransactions. To the point that I think they lock Vader and everything. Like you need to uh, sort of. So they put in a way to unlock all these new characters and weapons and all of this, but somebody had done the breakdown that uh just to get a minor character that you think is neat. Um, uh, I don't no examples, just a minor character. None yeah. of the major characters like Vader or a Stormtrooper. Or right. Yeah. Just like a fancy stormtrooper, right? One of those would take something like twenty to forty hours to unlock. Yeah, and if you want to unlock everything, you need to spend like thousands uh, of hours. Yeah, two thousand and one hundred incredible amount of time like to unlock vader i think the estimate was around 80 hours like two weeks of full time play like it was a full-time job two weeks yeah. it's like this is insane like that's not really possible for a casual gamer to you know to get held like an average gamer it's only gonna be the most hardcore guys getting these characters done like unless you want to <laughs> drop the money to just unlock these guys. Yeah, it was and, despicable. <laughs> and, on, and on top of that, people who bought like the ultra high special editions, instead of just getting some cool skins and behind the scenes stuff and usual stuff you'd get with, you know, the deluxe editions that you buy, they gave literally better equipment and characters to players from the get-go. So they yeah. already had an edge on brand new play well everybody they had an edge on everybody from the get-go so it was already a pay-to-win game at launch at launch and then after a few months of being screamed at by the fan base and losing money they dialed it all back to half so now vader took like 20 40 hours to unlock instead of the 80 and all that, but it was still pay to win. It was still horrible. I, I then, think when when that happened, that was the first patch. That's that when I patch. got the internet back and I was yeah. following it. Like that all was... this stuff you said before, I was like in communicated. I, I didn't know anything. Yeah. So, and then, um, <coughs> then Disney had to step in, going, "Look, guys, this is really, really, really bad. You have to fix this. Like, you got to fix this right now, or there's going to be consequences." And uh, they they stepped way back on uh, all of the microtransactions on that game, and but the damage was kind of done, and there really still isn't many people playing Battlefront Two, and, and that's I, sad because the game really really pick oh, up yeah, before that, after that. Like yeah, I the have, game itself is good. I bought the game like uh, last year. I bought it yeah. on the Xbox, and it was a blast. And there was no Microsoft transaction. 
And then when I got the PS4, uh, I bought, I think in this month, in December, the Celebration Edition, which is like 40 bucks, and it unlocks everything. Like, the game is fully oh, nice. complete. And right now, like, if you're listening, this is the right moment to buy that game because he unlocks absolutely everything. You can use all the skins. You mm-hmm. can all of the map. Well, the maps were never never yeah. in a paywall as, no, as long. Not really. Right? Not really? Okay. Yeah. So you got all, all the cosmetics all unlocked. So now the game is fully, like, yeah. free, to put it out. Well, it's not yeah. free, but free of microtransactions and all that bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I'm loving it, but yeah, I think yeah. it's important from for this game to be recognized mm-hmm. because the people in the industry need to know that if you go hard on the microtransactions, this is what's going to happen. Yeah, and it wasn't. I just want to kind of remind people and you because you're out of the loop that year a little bit. Yeah. Um, it wasn't just Battlefront; it was just a bad year for EA altogether because they finally pushed too hard on microtransactions that was their year they did that with uh their need for speed that year i think that was payback something like that this is the one in vegas so they introduced microtransactions to that one and then they did that with madden and fifa as well they basically every single major title they have in a year that they could release they broke with microtransactions every single one yeah and uh that was the year players and customers just had enough, had enough. yeah and everybody stopped buying ea stuff that year it was just like an agreement so the only people buying these games were parents for you know, kids the fan base was gone from all of these games that would normally show up in droves you lost not just like, you know, Star Wars nerds. You lost the jocks with the Madden and FIFA, and FIFA you lost nerds. the car guys. <laughs> and yeah, you lost the bros to Madden and FIFA. How the fuck did you fuck that one up that bad? And then you lost the car guys, the racing community as well. It's like basically every little micro, no mini community in gaming walked from EA that year, and yeah. it hurt. And they. After that oh. year, stepped way back from microtransactions, and now they're back to pretty much just doing um, games. Well, no, they they still have microtransactions in games, but it's pretty much how it should be on the agreed level that yeah. it's cosmetics. You know, that's fine. You but even so, like, uh, yeah. yeah, there's microtransactions, but a way out came out this. This year, last year, anyway, a way out was a good game made by, made by a guy who EA gave it gave money to to put it that oh, way. Yeah. Uh, last Jedi is a good Star Wars game, a good single yep. player one. So so yeah, I mean it's, it's a good yeah. retrospective because people need to, yeah. you know, there's this saying, I might botch it up in English, but about. Seeing a, a bad part of history and doomed to repeat it twice. Something like that. Yeah. So that yep. that's why I put well, this he, game in there. The, here's the thing that kind of baffled me, right? Is um EA went through all of this and every other major studio 
with one exception, kind of took note. Yeah. That exception being Activision Blizzard. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and they seem to be doing not exactly the same things that EA did, but a lot of the same things EA did. Uh, and everybody's... Borderline <sighs> almost exactly, to put it that way. Yeah, just like, how the hell are you making the same mistakes somebody else did a couple years ago? Are you this friggin' dumb? Like... EA made the mistake so you don't have to. You can look at them and go, okay, oopsie poopsie, let's not do that. They lost a lot of money yeah. that year. The microtransaction of the new Call of Duty is oh, It's bad. Oof. And yeah. they... Sure, it's optional. You yeah. don't need to buy those, but still, it's like... It's... Uh... It's bad. It's... I don't, it's, I don't think it's quite as game-breakingly bad. But it's still bad. But it's still this kind of disgusting. It's, it's they like were doing that... some pretty horrible stuff to Destiny 2 to the point that Bungie yeah. literally walked away from their entire partnership with Activision. Thank God. Uh, I love Bungie. Bungie's. Yeah. They don't take bullshit from anyone. Yeah. They don't care. Like that, that was an example of Activision. I think that was the first example of Activision being truly shitty. Like truly, truly shitty of what they I did. I think that they step back. The base game is free to play. Just mm -hmm. buy the expansion. That's it. Like they really screwed up Destiny with Destiny Two, because the understanding was Destiny um, was supposed to last about a decade, and then Destiny Two would happen, and <clears throat> and then all of a sudden, three years after launch of Destiny One, Activision tells them they have to release a, a sequel now you have six months to finish a sequel you know otherwise like you have to you pay us a fine or something like 300 million dollars or an incredible amount of money if activision had the, their if he yeah. if activision had their way they might have take destiny into a yearly thing like call of duty if you think oh, about probably. it probably they probably yeah. wanted to turn it into Instead of uh, expansions every year, it'd be a new game every yeah. every time. But the goal Bungie had set out was to make, put it simply, a World of Warcraft for the console. Yeah, you know that you know it's first person shooter because that sells better on console. But have it be this continuously growing story with a massive community and you know developer, <clears throat> you know. Uh, working together with your game, you know, an MMO, MMO on on console, and they're doing a pretty good job of it. And then Activision just nearly sunk them with Destiny Two because that had a horrendous launch because it was never meant to be a full game. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. Whatever. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Yeah, but Activision yeah, makes I mean, me angry. Star Wars Battlefront 2, that's one of them. Uh, again, mm -hmm. if you see the game on sale right now, buy it. You won't regret it. Trust me, I have yeah. it and yeah. I love it. I but just... yep. the launch, yep. the launch and the loot boxes, <sighs> that that was something that is bad. It's bad. It was, bad. It was really it, bad. It bad enough to make a company think about, you know, those practices. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And yeah, they still they still have their issues, but not as big as that one. So that's why I put it there. Yep. 
So okay. another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we we these decades, uh, the casual games have grown a lot. So uh, by... that. Hold on, let me let me set it up. Okay, 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 okay. Bring it on, bring it on. With the rise of the casual gamers, there was one game that came out that put gamers, casual and hardcore hardcore gamers to the test. A game that told you to get good or prepare to die. Oh yeah. And that game is none other than Dark Souls. Yeah. Holy shit, I love that game. I have all oh, I have the trilogy. I beat all of them. I broke like five controllers. <laughs> but we need to talk about the first one because it was very important. It came at a time where games were like too handholdy, too easy. Yeah. Too casual. And all of a sudden someone praising the sound came in and said, like, hey, psh, come here. And yeah. it changed a lot of things. So, I don't know. What What are your thoughts about it? Um, I'd say it came at a time when it was important for a game like it to exist. Uh, because, yeah, games are getting pretty watered down on difficulty. That companies were really catering to a... To everyone. To be honest, yeah, yeah. more casual, as, of course, as broad a market as they could. Specifically, trying to get as many people as they could get in, kind of like a Michael Bay movie, right? Where <laughs> yeah, it is, exactly. it's engineered to be or for mass appeal to get everybody that you can get to go and watch it or play it in this case. And Dark Souls kind of still made a great game. But was also ball achingly hard. Yeah, yeah. But it was a good enough game that you wanted to see where it was going. And, and the lore is crazy. I mean, most of the story was like flavor text when you got an item, so it was it was unique at the time. Yeah, yeah. At the time, having even the story was hard. Like you weren't just brought through. You know, handheld through a, a story like uh, Call of Duty. Call of Duty is like a movie. You know, they're campaigns. Exactly. Right? You know exactly what's going on, who the point bad guy a is. To point B, gone in yeah. around, you're done. Yeah. There's no difficulty in the story there. It's exactly what you think it is. And Dark Souls kind of makes you look for the story a little bit. There is the major cutscenes and major events, but. You don't always know exactly what's going on, and if you want extra details on it all, you gotta go find those details. And who oh boy, what an nobody else, for those details. <laughs> yeah, nobody else had done it on the scale Dark Souls had done. So, and that's the second game because Demon Souls came before. Just <laughs> oh, sorry, I almost sneezed. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this was a sequel, to be honest, but yep, it which, came at the right moment at the right time. Yep, which I played the hell out of Demon Souls on uh, my PS3. Oh. And Dark Souls came, and I was still trying to beat Demon Souls, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, I must ask you, of all the four games, which one do you think is the hardest one? To me, it's Dark Souls. The hardest? Yeah, maybe the first one. 
Well, sure, I mean, yeah. Because a lot of people <laughs> hate the second one. A lot of people really freaking hate the second one for whatever reason. Really? Like, um, oh, yeah. The Dark Souls, yeah. <laughs> like the Dark Souls fan base. Wait, seems... you say Dark Souls 2 or Dark Souls? Like... I mean Dark Souls 2 in the trilogy. Yeah, exactly. No, but I'm talking about yeah. all, all of those, including Demon Souls. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dark Souls 2 I'm talking about. Not so. Yeah, the third game in the series. Demon Souls is not really part of that series at all. It is kind of the prototype of Dark prototype, Souls. Yeah, something like that. So yeah, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, I, I was including Demon Souls, but yeah, I remember yeah. Dark Souls two being like divisive in the fandom. Yeah, they they changed a lot of the, the aspects of it, which it was now a third game in a sort of series. Um, my favorite is the third game. I played oh, the most one. out of that one. Yep, they sped up combat. Um, I never played the expansions though. Neither did I. Yeah. That but, would be something to play. But around Dark Souls 3, I was getting kind of tired of the whole genre and then dropped Bloodborne and they block, dropped the, the Sekiro as well. So. Yeah. I Sekiro is good. Good enough to be game of the year. <laughs> yeah. But at this point, they are six games into this system. Yeah. No signs of stopping. They have another one coming out that is yet another spinoff. Isn't that the one with the Lord of the Rings? No, it's the uh, writer of uh, Game of Thrones. It's the Game of Thrones. The George R. Oh, R. Martin okay. is writing. He's doing something with the game. Yeah, exactly. So, <sighs> well, maybe that's the one I'm referring to. I remember seeing at the three last year. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing something with Martin, and it's gonna be their seventh Souls style game, and it's gonna it's gonna be the true finale of Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, I can just say I'm kind of tired of the genre. Yeah, it got tired. Like... But that first one, that that first one. Yeah, the first Dark Souls is really good. Third game is, I would say, the perfect. One, it's the, the perfected style of the entire genre. And then from there, they're just doing minor tweaks to it. And, yeah, fight me, Souls bitches. <laughs> we didn't need yeah, any more Souls good. games after Dark Souls 3. We had Bloodborne. It was interesting. Sekiro, it, you know, I was hoping it'd be a little bit yeah. different from what it was, and it wasn't, so whatever. Tavian, uh, wait, yeah. hold on. Sorry, my... <laughs> My mind just stuck and I switched to Spanish mode. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, yeah. That's yeah. a good one. From software, so... it is time to go back to what made you great in the first place, man. Bring back Armored Core, okay? <laughs> Let your Dark Souls boys learn about. You know, badass giant robot action. Make it hard, okay? We don't really have a lot of Super Balls, you know, into the wall, hard mech games. Do that! Whatever. I don't care. Just make the action giant and crazy and fun. Exactly. Do it. Be back. So, so from from software, we go to... Uh, 
Do you have one in mind? Yeah. I mean, we have a lot in mind, but... <laughs> you, you want, want to talk to... about one of the big ones? One of the biggest ones? Sure, go ahead. Okay. Minecraft. Oh, boy. Minecraft defined this decade. A little, you know, it's one of the biggest defining games of the entire decade, hands down. It introduced a lot of people to uh, survival mechanics. Um, and it introduced everybody to crafting mechanics. And they even introduced people a little Good God, man! Sorry? <laughs> Holy this shit! This episode's gonna be gross. Yeah, this is gonna be our most disgusting episode. Okay. Minecraft. It gave even kids a taste of horror in the, their first night. Because everybody remembers their first night in Minecraft. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah I, I only played that game once, and I remember really? that night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, never played that game a lot. Get back into it. It's a really I'm good not... game. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm not going to yeah. say that it sucks, but... Yeah, no, no, no. I, w I would say it is a game that deserves long-form experience. Ooh, it also introduced uh, a whole bunch of people to hardcore mode. Which Oh, yes. I yeah. saw that. One life. Good, yeah. It's not for everybody, obviously. But, yeah, it's good. It really brought a lot of mechanics to the to an entire new generation. No, you're talking about mechanics. Uh, let's go. Let's talk about the the influence. Like, how, how many business? Like, uh, what's the right word I'm looking for? Like, it's not a game. Like you see in toys, you see in teachers. Oh, yeah, yeah it influenced entire like industries. Yeah, you got like you evolved. Into being, it was a game, and then it evolved Huge. into a lot of things. Yeah, there's Community, toys. There's a convention about it. Yeah, there's. Yeah, people make YouTube? short films yeah. and gameplay series, and uh, there's huge communities around crafting and pushing that to the limits. Like a guy built a simple computer in Minecraft. There's yeah, there's an incredible amount of stuff that has come out of minecraft that isn't just gaming yeah that, like yeah. when it come in the gameplay aspect in the oh, Jesus, I, I don't know how to say it but it influenced everything yeah uh, and... that, i would say it's probably the first game of the decade possibly ever to be that influential and it and has it's still had... going yeah it even had a sort of TV series as well on uh, Netflix. Cause oh, yeah. Somebody, Netflix sort of adapted the uh, Minecraft Adventure game. I think that's what it was called. Yeah, the and, Telltale game. Yep. Yeah, the Telltale game. They sort of adapted that into a series for Netflix. I actually watched that series or play I, it because game. But <laughs> Yeah, I played a couple episodes of it. I thought it was fun. Yeah. But yeah, I mean Minecraft and you know, it's still going. Yeah. It's still the number and... one it did thrown for Fortnite this year. Yep. Which is another game that we're gonna talk about in, in a few yeah, minutes, but obviously. Yeah, yeah I mean, Minecraft still going strong. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, Minecraft, uh, you could easily call it the YouTube game because that's where yeah. it, uh, its popularity was pretty much born from. And it sort of if went I away remember, like Notch, like Notch sold that game, right? Yeah, Microsoft? he sold it to Microsoft years ago. Man. Yep. Man. And Notch was doing a, you know, him and Mojang, they were doing a pretty good job of marketing it. But once they handed it over to Minecraft or Microsoft, it was, it was off. <laughs> it yeah. exploded because now it was in the hands of a multi-billion-dollar company that knew how to market something. Yeah, that better. guy must have more money than God. <laughs> yeah, Fuck. Notch. He sold it for one point five billion dollars. Hold on, so, I need to find. Wait, I need to find his net worth because I'm. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. He sold uh, it for one point five million or billion. One point six billion. That's his 1. net 6, worth. Okay. Yeah. As of okay. right now. All right. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit! What is going on over there? Fireworks. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I hope it's a firework. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> that was Nutch. He he exploded right now when, <laughs> when I saw, when I told he he smells. No, they can't know my secrets. Poof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Holy crap! But, but yeah, I mean, doesn't yep. Minecraft good for yep. them? Yeah, good for those guys. Um, yeah. So moving on. Uh, so we need to talk about something that happened in this decade that took over. Let's be honest; it took over. Yeah. And with it, with that took over the takeover. Sorry. Uh, they brought up a lot of games, a lot of recognitions, and it all started with one game. But I'm talking about the indie games. Ooh. And to me, okay, there's a lot of indies. Yeah. But to me, the one that really started it all, and there's a lot because you can say Super Meat Boy, you can say mm -hmm. Fest or Pest, whatever. But yeah. to me, the one that brought me to that world because of the story, how emotional it was, yeah. and even one the end of the year is The Walking Dead, the first okay. season. Uh, this is gonna be a two part because it's gonna be Walking Dead okay. and indie games, but I'm gonna start with Walking Dead. Uh, I think that game solidifies that there's more to it in the indie community. Like well, that. that's also an odd one for me because it's hard to totally call it indie. You know, like it is. It is not AAA at all, at all, right? But at the same time. It's a company handed one of the biggest licenses of the year to make a game out of. It is totally indie in the fact that it's a point-and-click adventure game, essentially. Who yeah, the but, fuck man, saw that coming? Out, for... but, yeah, but when it came out, like... Yeah, it was I a I think a lot game. of people, like, okay, let's be honest. Like, I think Super Meat Boy is the game that... I would say Super Meat Boy is the definitive um, kickoff point for the indie genre. But I think Walking Dead was like a, a stepping stone in as well because... Huh? Are you there? Yeah, I'm still here. 
that to me, I mean, this is my opinion. You don't, you don't yeah, have yeah, to yeah. agree with, but Ooh. I think it's okay. an important game to talk about as well yeah. because I don't know, like the story would, was memorable. I would put uh, The Walking Dead up next to uh, Double Fine Adventures game, um, yeah. which was later called uh, I don't remember. Double Fine. Uh, ba, 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 ba. Broken but anyways, age. I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, but I'm not saying, like, listen, I'm not saying that this is the indie game. Yeah, it I'm, was an important indie game. Yeah, but it's not, like, like sure, we, yeah. we can talk about it. Super Meat Boy, that's the one. That's the one that started yeah. it all. But... Super Meat Boy is the indie game that launched a billion indie games. Um, the Walking Dead, I would say, is important partially as an indie game. Um, because it helped relaunch a couple of things. Uh, it helped relaunch serious stories that don't really have to have a happy ending. Yep. You know, and it helped relaunch the adventure genre, which was, I don't want to say dead, but it was pretty underground at that point. And... You know, it kind of brought... It did what had to be done with adventure games, which was kind of breathe new life into it because it was not a strictly point-and-click adventure game like I grew up on, where it's just a static screen. Maybe one thing is going on, but if you click on the wrong thing, you die and whatever, right? And you just move from this screen to this screen to this screen. There was, there was more going on to the Walking Dead series than that. So they, you know, they did some important stuff too. Yeah, so so yeah, we kind of agree like yeah. that's the starting point, but the argument that I want to bring with Walking Dead is that he set a a standard when it comes to emotional storytelling. Yeah. I mean, that last last episode when spoiler for a 10-year-old game when Lee died yeah. and Clementine, you can you can have the option to shoot him or not. That was like I cried last. That was the first time ever. Yeah. Or no, ever first and last time that I actually cried in a video game. Really? Yeah. Like I play a lot of shit and I'm like, yeah, sure. But that was the only time. What about Spec Ops life? the Line? You bitch. Uh, well, I... <laughs> do you? Yeah, sure. I'm going to cry because I <laughs> kill a lot of American soldiers and innocent people. Yeah, sure. I'm yeah. gonna cry. Fuck yeah. you! I kill myself. That's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> but at least in Walking Dead, yeah, uh, I think the the fact that they did such a riveting, memorable story in a very uh, not unique, but in a point and click, which is like a very niche genre. In my opinion, yeah, I think that that sets sets it apart. But yeah, we need to because I'm talking about the indie games in general. Super Meat Boy is one. Uh, you got Bastion. Mm -hmm. uh, what oh else? shit! Yeah, Bastion. Yeah, you oh, had Super Meat Boy, Fez, and Bastion came out pretty close together, and they kind of relaunched. Or not launched. They launched. They launched the indie scene, yeah. and. Um, they had more life on Steam than they did on console, except for exactly. 
Xbox. The Super Meat Boy took over Xbox. Yeah, I mean, like, you got... That was the Xbox Live Arcade on the 360, and uh, PlayStation... That was the game that made PlayStation kind of take note, you know, and then the subsequent indie games that kind of dropped after that. Drop out, yeah. I mean, and without then, those three games, there were no Limbo, no Undertale, yep. no yep. Cuphead, no Celeste. I mean, I could go on and on. Firewatch, Paper, yep. Please. Yep. Uh, uh, without those games, the indie genre is still a really, really underground thing. And yeah, PlayStation didn't give a shit about indie games. Neither yeah, did Nintendo. I, yeah. And it took a long yeah, time for Nintendo to give a shit a long about time. indie yeah. games. <laughs> They're the last adopters for indie. And, and look at them now. Like, every second yeah. there's a new indie on the Switch. Oh, yeah. Every other day you're hearing like, oh, hey, we made a Switch port. Just like, okay, that's cool. But yeah, with uh, the indie scene, without them, I don't think the digital marketplace would be as big. Because as it is now, yeah. Yeah, because these guys didn't have money for uh, physical releases. They're tiny companies. Like, Super Meat Boy, it's like four people. Like, four or five people made this entire-ass game, and it's really goddamn good. This is one of the best games of the year it came out on. And five people made it! And they couldn't really have a physical release. They had a little bit of one, but... Not really. Yeah, and if you want to know more, there's a documentary about it. Yeah, there is. It's pretty good. It was I on Netflix. It. Not anymore, but it was for a long time ago. You can get on Steam. Yeah, you can get on Steam as well. <laughs> so. Just about anything on Steam. But I, I, watch it. I watch it on Netflix. That's what yeah. I saw. Yep, it, it's a good documentary. And uh, you kind of, you know, Edmund McMillan, uh, I've known about this guy back from the Newgrounds days, and he was just putting out goofy stuff on online you know oh, new making... grounds, i miss you uh, it's still around it didn't go anywhere but uh it's not like before i gotta go boomer in this one <laughs> <laughs> it's not as good as it was when i was a kid yeah maybe it's, yeah maybe yeah. it's that <laughs> yeah but yeah no uh because of edmund mcmillan and because of uh super meat boy uh there were a few names over the years that I'd see their name attached to some game, you know, on PlayStation Network or Xbox or Steam, and then just kind of go, oh, this style looks familiar. Uh, this name sounds a little familiar. Who is this? And I'd click on, like, their company link and then click on that guy's link, just like, oh, shit, Newgrounds guy. Hell yeah. Right on, dude. So, like, Newgrounds, the games there are kind of, I don't want to say weaker, but... You know, the guys who were there from the beginning making interesting stuff, they're on Steam now. They're on Xbox yeah. Marketplace. They're, you know, they're making these little indie games. They're, you know, in, they're in their 30s. They're 40s. <laughs> they're, you know, they're making cool stuff now with budgets. So I would say if you want to see what the next wave of indie games is going to be, just go to Newgrounds. I mean, you know... uh I think Newgrounds recently, my fan Pedro, I think it was a Newgrounds yep, game. They, I think they did a sort of proof of concept demo on Newgrounds, possibly. And yeah. And I'd say 
Uh, that company, that dev company, uh, not dev, publishing company. What is their name? Devolver? Yeah, Devolver Digital. Oh, um, those guys are the, whew, yeah. the best. They have, doing this. they steal the E3 show every single year that they're there now. Eh, I'm not really a fan of those, but. Yeah, I, I know what you mean because the yeah. games are good. <laughs> oh, all I don't whatever they're games. Like at that level, yeah, they're fine. They're good as anybody else. They do some interesting, cool stuff. But I mean, their E three presentation. I don't like it. You don't like it? Nah. <laughs> oh, come on, it's so weird. Uh, it's so over the top for me. <laughs> yes, it's fantastic. I love it. It reminds me of like oh, the well. Kevin Butler day, man. Oh well, hey, hey, hey. You're talking, oh, well, this is caviar right there with Kevin Butler. <laughs> yes, I I want my E3 presentation show to be as, a show. As Don't long just... as it's not the Konami 2010 conference, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I want this to be entertaining. Don't just dump yeah. a bunch of information on me and then walk away. I mean, and throw the towel at me and say, clean up after yourself. What? Remember when E3 was nothing but graph and PowerPoint presentations? <laughs> I do. Oh god. I do. But yeah, I get. But but yeah, yeah, I mean indie games those are the best and they change a lot over yep. this decade. I mean So, yeah, we can talk about an indie game right now that shape things. Yeah. PUBG. Oh boy. We can talk about what we're going no. into that battleground. Oh, we're going into that one. So, PUBG. Battle Royales. Yeah. PUBG created the genre known as Battle Royale, which you can you can argue somebody else. No, there's a couple other people doing it before them. Yeah, like I think. Minecraft uh, had well, a what mod was that game? Uh, Arma? Arma had something similar to it. Yeah, but before PUBG, like, before PUBG, mm -hmm. there was another one, and I forgot the name. It was uh, like a mod in a game. Uh, shit whatever anyways <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah PUBG pretty much launched the genre and brought it to everybody's attention right and and they were it was just a small company who had never done anything C1 before. that's the game C1 okay um now but yeah it was a small company they didn't quite know what they were doing they just had a cool idea Daisy, there you go. But yeah, yeah, Daisy. Now, those are the the real, like the the first first ones. In what they see, yeah. But I a, think yeah. something, someone mm -hmm. did something with the asset, and then it became PUBG. Yeah, yeah. PUBG was the first real battle royale. I'll, uh -huh. I'll say that that was sold specifically as a battle royale. And then, and then came a game about zombies yeah. and survival, uh, and say, you know was, what? It was I base like building. Yep. And then, just for fun, for free, the devs threw in a battle royale mode, just like battle, you know, PUBG, just with a little twist that you can, you know, they brought in the base building elements from their from the game. And that was Fortnite. And that's Fortnite. 
Everybody Ooh, knows what Fortnite. More. <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows what Fortnite is. Yeah. And that has changed a lot because everybody's got to have a battle royale mode in their goddamn game now. Or a battle pass. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, Fortnite is pretty much the biggest game on the planet. It was just surpassed this year by Minecraft. It changed the way how people look at esports. It changed uh-huh. the way how people look at video games in general. It yeah. changed the way that developers look at their business models with the Battle Pass. Yep. I mean, there's no longer Season Pass. Now it's Battle Pass. Uh, it changed when it comes to marketing. I mean, Thanos was in there for some reason. Star Wars is in there for some reason. There was, there's been concerts. In Fortnite. Yeah. In Fortnite. There have been events in there that require people to just relax and not play the game and do other stuff. And people do. People just chill out from playing the game of killing each other to go do other stuff. Man, the Star Wars one. Fucking do it. Yeah. I have to say, I... Okay. I played the game... Up to season four, I think it was. That was the season with Thanos. Then I took a long break because I was fatigued. Let's put it that way. I came back after the black hole event that happened. Which, by the way, yep. you do a, you when you go that far as to shut down the game, and yep. people were watching a black hole on the television. Yep, you made it, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Because that was crazy. Oh, my God. Yep. And I got back into it because of that. And I saw the... I missed the the Marshmallow concert, but I went to the Star Wars event. And that was crazy. That was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) That was like... You see the Millennium Falcon, J.J. Abrams was there. And you're like this little boy like, Hey, notice me. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, that game changed a lot. Like yeah, a whole lot. I don't know. And even if you like it or not, yeah, you need to respect it. Yep. It did feel a little unfair to PUBG, I will admit. Oh yeah, man. Um, because it's <laughs> like here's a small team of guys. This is their first game they they've ever made for most of them. Um they have a cool idea, and as they're developing it, they're kind of learning. And then out of nowhere comes Epic Games, an old, you know, old company now. They've been around over 20 years. They're kind of on top of their shit. They've made multiplayer games in the past. Some of the biggest between mm-hmm. uh, between Unreal Tournament and Gears of War. So they're on top of their shit. They know how to make a good goddamn game. And... Yeah. They just kind of poop out Fortnite, and people kind of look at it, and go, "Huh, well, whatever." And then it's like, "Okay, well, for funsies, we also just sort of stapled on this battle royale mode that they just sort of whipped together, you know." Which for them, obviously, it's going to be easy. It's one map from I think it was one map at launch, dump sixty-four players into it, or a hundred players. I don't remember how many it is. I have not played. Fortnite. In which one? Fortnite? It's yeah. 100. It's 100 players. Okay. 
So you dump 100 players onto it, and last person alive wins. Uh, it's just a free-for-all. And they just kind of drag and drop the mechanics of their main campaign they already had. So for yeah. them, it's not like this multi-year-long development cycle, because they already did most of the legwork with the primary you know, four-player game. Exactly. And they're on top of their shit. They know how to make a balanced game. PUBG's fucked, man. To their it's credit, Fortnite. To their credit, PUBG found new life on the cell phone, on the mobile. Yeah, they did. So, and then Fortnite had a cell phone version. So, yeah, but I think I well, yeah, you're right. But I, I don't know. I think like PUBG had a little bit more edge in the mobile. I might be wrong. Uh, I need to find. I need to read into yeah. that. Yeah, and then I'd say kind of the one I'm more interested in doing is uh, Apex Legends. Yeah. Which I would say it's not as big as Fortnite, but it is more mainstream in the sense that it's just a shooter without the crafting mechanic. So it is more attractive to um, kind of our age range and demographic. Oh yeah, I played oh. Fortnite last night, and I just I just heard a kid speaking through the the party chat. I turn off the game. I just can't yep. handle it. I, I can't. I, I can't. I can't do it, man. Yeah, I know me either, man. Like it. that. That's one of my very very few pet peeve when it comes to game. Like uh, if I play a game, an online game, and I heard a kid, I just disconnect. I don't care. I just nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's just weird, man. Like you play Modern Warfare, and then you hear a twelve-year-old, and I'm like, "What? No." There's a there's a term for that over here. Um, you call them squeakers. Oh. Yep, because oh, okay. it's a little squeaky kid, uh, yeah. just screaming at you, and they're usually really bad at playing everything, but they'll just scream and rage and blame everybody but themselves. So, and yeah, and then you hear the background noises and they <laughs> things like that. You're like, yeah, just slamming like and throwing stuff and just like, and most everybody else is just like, Jesus Christ, kid, calm down. It's a game. It's like, <laughs> good God. We'll, we'll play another one in a couple of seconds. Yeah, go play Mario, you fuck. Like, yeah, <laughs> go back to Fortnite, man. Let me, let me enjoy my Call of Duty Battlefield yeah, or you know what? Or you know what? Get outside and play Pokemon Go because that's another game. The oh. holy shit that made people yep. go outside and walk. Yep. What a segue! I, I finally did a good one. Hey, hey! How about that? I actually landed a segue for once. Um, uh, well, yeah, it sent gamers, nerds outside. So for a while, maybe a little while. It's but... I'd say it was around a year, maybe two years, because I still knew people, you know, two years after launch, still playing it. It is not as big as it was at launch, because at launch, it was massive. Yeah. Huge, man. And he set up the the standard for, well, yeah, yeah, you can say that from... RNG, RNG, uh, ARGs, ARGs. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
uh, which ARGs were not a popular genre before Pokemon Go. They really were not. Which... The only say ARGs that I know is for marketing purposes, like yep. the Nine Inch Nails one, the Gear yep. Zero one, which is that yep. one, and Barm, the Dark Knight, and Halo 2. Yep. Those were the only three that I know. Was it Halo 2 or 3? 2. I Love Beast, two. Halo 2. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there's been a couple ARGs I've known about and played through the years. Never really seriously because, you know, outside. <laughs> I hate the sun. <laughs> yeah. And Pokemon Go brought the idea of that yeah. to the forefront from a company that does them pretty well. I remember when I download the game i was working at sears mm -hmm. <laughs> i don't know how, i don't i was lucky that i didn't get fired <laughs> <laughs> i went to the stock room because that's what that's where i work at the stock room and i was like you know what i'm bored and i remember it was a slow day and i had like 99.9% .9 of the work done and i was about to leave so i was like I'm going to play here to see if I can catch a Pokemon. <laughs> and I don't know if he's... <laughs> I don't know if it was a coincidence, but I don't, all I got from it was like two Rattatas and one Pitya. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's how crazy that was when the mm -hmm. line, when, when it came out. And I, I used to work at a mall. You know, that Sears was at a mall. And outside the mall, at the corner, there was a gym. So I remember if you passed by, you you were seeing, like, maybe a group of kids or two fellas or someone yeah. fighting there. So it was like, what the fuck? I had a, a more interesting, let's call it, experience because I was working uh, at a cemetery at that time as a security guard. And... All of my other coworkers were like in their fifties and sixties and up, uh -huh. and like I, you know, I was I was in my twenties. I've been I knew about this game. I was playing it. I was excited about it. And but I had to warn the rest of the coworkers, just like, okay, we are on a huge property. You have multiple monuments <laughs> here. We have gyms. We had I think we had three gyms on the property. We had a ton of the, uh, the, the, uh, what are the things that give you Pokeballs? Uh, Pokestops? Yeah. I think, word. I think we had like 30 to 40 Pokestops in the area <laughs> that you could hit from the property. Yeah. It's like, you guys are going to see a ton of young people start coming onto the property and you're not going to know how to fucking deal with it. Like, okay, like, all you need to know is they're here for Pokemon Go, and they're not really going to get into trouble. Like, <laughs> they're not really going to do anything. They're going to be walking gonna around. You're not going to see exorcism. You're not going to see some kind of ritual. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to see something really crazy. Just keep an eye on them to make sure they're not going into places they're, they're not supposed to be. That's it. That's it. It's just going to be kind of weird because you're going to see all these kids wandering and you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to help them out and find what they're looking for. It's like, nope, they're not looking for anything. Hey, man, you, you cannot you help like, these guys. You saying that and then adding like 
one of those people might have been me. <laughs> I was there. I did all my stuff while I was working. I just had my phone out and plugged into the car because, you know, big property, they gave me a patrol car. So I just had it plugged in and charging the whole shift. Oh, I just drive around summer. hitting all the Pokemon stops. <laughs> yep, it was awesome. I loved that job. Yeah, it was a it was a good good launch, but sadly, he wasn't. <laughs> he, he fell yeah, off. <laughs> they, yeah, they couldn't maintain the hype. Uh, yeah, they 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 couldn't. Because for um, a brief moment in 2016, yeah. a lot yeah. of nerds went outside. Oh yeah, it was beautiful. It yeah. was it was beautiful indeed. Yeah. Too bad yeah, I didn't mess someone there's... and ask for a date. I'm an idiot. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There, there was harmony for a moment among nerds. And you're all outside and all getting some exercise and sun. It was a good time. And then it got cold and a lot of that stopped. And then uh, the following spring, people tried to play. But the updates weren't really there. They weren't doing anything much new or interesting, and a lot of people fell off. Me included. Yeah, me too as well. Yeah, had some coworkers that are still super into it at that time. And so, right now, if you download it, there's a companion. Like you yeah. take a Pokemon, and it's like your best friend or whatever. Oh, that was 2015, I think it was. It was 15, 16. Yeah, um, during the, those years. Oh, you know, it was 2016. Yeah. I still do it. So, let me put it to you this way. They play Pokemon yeah. Go. The hype died down. They yeah. went inside. Yeah. And, they okay. Couldn't really, they couldn't really get it back. Yeah, yeah, but... Oh, that was a year before. Oh, wait. My segue didn't work. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, okay, let me put it to you this way. Nintendo is a very, very, very tight company. Yes. If you do a game using those assets, you're going to get your ass sued. Or a cease and desist. Yeah. You know, another Metroid 2 remake. It was a good game, but it got canned. But you wonder why. You wonder why. (laughs) So, oh, we know why. What what happened with Pokemon Uranium and other Metroid 2 remake? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Oh, dude, were... I still have the Metroid 2 remake in my computer. Oh, of course. Good game. Anyways, yeah. the point that I'm getting is that they say, you know what? A lot of people like our content. A lot of people like doing levels. Let's do Mario Maker. And let's yeah. try and see how this goes. And you're going to say, well, Mario Maker influential? Uh, yes, because for the first time, you see a company giving away their assets to us officially to make games. And I think that's important because they still, like, let's be honest, Kaizo is still a thing. People are still making the games. Oh, yeah. But if you want a user-friendly maker, one that mm-hmm. is easy to build, then you have it now. Well, and I think throughout the years, I mean, I hope Capcom and Sega do the same thing with Mega Man and, and Sonic. That would be awesome. Yeah. But I think that Mario Maker deserves to be recognized as 
Well, I one of those games. Sort of make a counter argument on the first time a company's given away their assets. Id has been giving away the source code to their games for decades. Not since Bethesda bought them out. Oh, well. Well, yeah, but, I know that. I was talking yeah. about this decade. Yeah. And they gave away the Doom source code, I believe, the Quake source code, and I think Wolfenstein source code are all that's true, publicly but, but available. You, you need to think that I'm talking like a broad audience. Yeah. Oh, fuck you. Doom isn't broad audience? The well, first biggest game on the planet? Well, Doom. Kids were supposed to play it, but if you did it then fine by you i guess <laughs> doom outsold windows i want you to think about that on computers doom outsold windows okay <laughs> that's not really possible nowadays well sure i mean but i'm talking about this decade at least yeah yeah this decade yeah it's interesting and fun but, man, that is not the first time. Like, could you imagine, like, say, Nintendo today, for free, giving away everything Mario? Like, just giving away uh, Mario the Hat one, whatever the fuck it was called. Odyssey. Just giving away... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't have a Switch, so... Super whatever. Mario Hat. There yes, Super Mario Hat. I always called it a hat in time. <laughs> <laughs> no, weird. no, yeah. I get what you're saying with the watts. But and yeah, everything. but yeah, no, it, it's, yeah. It's pretty cool what they did because they saw that fans, you know, were building their own Mario levels with the Kaizo stuff, but they're having to do some, some hoops to jump through and all that, so they're just like, okay, well, people seem to be really into this idea, so here you go. Here's a higher game for that, and then here's a sequel that builds on that and makes it even better. Like, that was cool. Agreed, but man, don't give Nintendo being the even the credit for being the first, because, yeah, it, it, it went up to them like 20 years ago. Yeah, just saying, sure. hey, Fair enough. here's the whole game. But at least this decade, in recent years, yeah. I didn't see anyone else doing it, so... Yeah. I mean, the first, fuck you. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> first <laughs> no, this no, decade. Uh, yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And when I meant broad audience, I meant intentionally, because to be honest, Doom is not for kids. Yeah, it's Mario. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, give it that one to you, so... I don't yeah. want to get killed. Sure, <laughs> give it to it. Yeah, but at least... it. John Carmack is a golden god. Come at me. Yeah, he is. And that's, there's no yeah. argument for that. He's a smart Relax, man. Relax, boy. Doom the world because he's working on. Uh, uh, I still like you. I don't want to fight. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Yeah, Mario Maker. I yeah, it's it's a big deal. You know, but I. <sighs> It's harder for me to call it, like, hugely influential uh, beyond that they actually listened to the fans and gave them something that the fans actually were sort of calling for. But beyond that, it's hard for me to call it influential beyond that little slice because you haven't seen anybody else make a maker game. 
I haven't seen anybody else do something similar. Oh, give it time. It might happen. Maybe. But Sega, they ain't making a Sonic Maker game anytime soon. Sega's like... Nobody really knows what Sega's doing. They should, They're... though. Or Omega no one. Oh, they Pick should. They, the coolest thing Sega did close to that was let a whole bunch of... Yeah, Sonic know, Mania. Yeah, they let indie companies work together to make... Actually, actually, to be honest, we can put Sonic Mania as well. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Cause because of that. Sega actually listened for once and let their fans, you know, small independent companies, make a Sonic game, and it's the best Sonic game since probably 3 and Knuckles? Like, hands down? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? You know, and then Sonic's, you know, Sega's next attempt at a major game was sort of a fucking nightmare. Like, usual Sonic problems. Like, I'm trying to remember what came out that year next to Sonic Mania. Forces. Oh, God, I blocked that from my memory. Exactly. That's why. <laughs> Which, let's be real, Sonic Forces was also sort of a fan response game. Because I jokingly call that game Sonic OC Creator. Because you can do 100% your Sonic OC inserted think, into a Sonic mainline game. Let me put it this way. Mario Maker and Sonic Mania are the perfect examples of games that that the sorry games that the developers gave the fans a chance to be heard. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Yep. Now we are all waiting on that next Sonic big thing. Which, yeah, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yep, which sort of... The Sonic Mania is weirdly sort of related to the movie. Because um, the guy they hired to do the intro cinematic to Sonic Mania, a little dude by the name of Tyson Hess, um, and then he did some animated shorts to help promote Sonic on YouTube, I think it was. Sonic Mania cartoons. Well, he got hired on to lead the project in the redesign for the movie. And oh, he... thank God. Yeah, Tyson Hess, that dude pretty much saved the reputation of the Sonic movie. So, yeah, this dude went from making web comics and little fan cartoons and whatnot to being pretty much the most influential guy for the movie. So, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. So, throughout the decade, there are two platforms that came out. Well, not came out, sorry. There are two platforms that gamers adopted. Let's put it, let's put it that way. YouTube and Twitch. Yep. And there are a couple of games that we need to recognize and and put it up there because they help those platforms 
and they help themselves with marketing, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna I'm going through a list of games. Of course, Minecraft is one. Yep. Skyrim. <laughs> Holy shit! How many videos of Skyrim back then? Not now. Let's be honest. Was, but when it came out, there was a, a lot. A lot of videos came out when when oh, that game yeah. released. And and the game is good. I mean, sure, yeah. it's a Bethesda game. They were bugs, but there, there's something about the Skyrim that has a charm. Yeah, I liked it because it was the first time they really got the combat down. Like you can say yeah, whatever what that they they changed a lot about how the leveling system went down. I they heard that. Sent... Keep in mind a little bit of disclaimer for me. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, this is the first Elder Scrolls that I play. I never okay. play Borrowing. So when well, I heard that, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm sure. Well, I know. Skyrim was a lot of people's first Elder Scrolls game. Uh, the previous ones were a bit more difficult to get into, let's say. They had... Uh, Morrowind is probably, with like the exception that I don't like dice-based um, combat, which Morrowind was Oblivion. I don't know if it was or wasn't. I didn't get as big into Oblivion as I did Morrowind or... Skyrim, um, but Oblivion had a very similar level system, but it was a little bit more handholdy than Morrowind was. Uh, and Skyrim was the most handholdy three games by a long shot, but it also had the best combat out of the three of them, hands down. You you swing, you know, big old sword. You smack a guy in the face. He takes damage. And then that damage is based on, you know, his armor and magic and whatever else is going on. But he gets hurt, you know? And if you're strong enough, dude, you can kill a lot of things in, like, one or two hits and with your magic and whatnot. Yep. And you know, just... I, have, I have to confess something, though. What? I play a lot of Skyrim. Yeah. I never beat it again. <laughs> I never beat the storyline either. Oh, okay. And I sunk about a thousand hours into that across, you know, the various platforms. Um, I would say Skyrim is most influential. Uh, well, it's hugely influential in, for one, bringing back or breathing life back into single-player games. Because there is no multiplayer in that game whatsoever. And at the time, everybody, right, yeah. Yeah, everybody had to tack on some sort of multiplayer. Even Bioshock wasn't immune to that. Yeah. With Bioshock 2. Like, there's no reason for that game to have multiplayer other than everybody had it. So uh, I guess Bioshock needs multiplayer. Death Space 2 as well. Yeah. Yeah. Spec of the line. That was another one who never needed a multiplayer. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. So Skyrim, it sort of just said, well, everybody says we there needs to be multiplayer but how about we just give you a really cool really well done single player experience and they did that and of course it's still bethesda so the game came out half broken but <laughs> you could play it and it was fun and the bugs i, I were think still we can say that charming. that was the last game before todd has his crazy <laughs> yeah but yeah i mean yeah that that is one game that 
Yeah. That was important. Another one, now that we're going to the YouTube Twitch kind of realm, this is more YouTube because this game came out at the right moment, at the in the right time, when less plays were starting to become a thing. Yep. And when horror games needed a game to redefine, well, no. maybe redefine is so not overstatement there, but a game to to okay, I know where you're it's going amnesia. Yeah, yeah, I know, amnesia. I know, I know where you're going with this. Yeah, no horror the, horror as a genre game before like was amnesia was yeah, it was action. Yeah, horror was pretty dead. The Call of Duty Battlefield, uh, uh, Gears of War era was totally in, right? And at most, you might have a spooky segment of your game, but it's not really terrifying. It's not really whatever. You just uh -huh. might get a little heebie-deebie, and that's it. And but Before Amnesia, you got the Resident Evil 4, which was okay, 5, fine, 6, Forward fine. Five. Yeah, I have a hard time calling... Uh, 5 was that modern era horror yeah. horror game in hard quotes. Um, that was that was action, man. That was a hardcore no, was action. action game. I still that like was it spoopy. though. But it yeah, was it's fun, but that is at best spooky action game. And I would also say kind of the same thing for Resident Evil Four. That oh, it sure. is a spooky action game. Even Death right? Space. I mean, I I love yeah. Death Space. I even like Death Space Three, and I know that that's a. Oh yeah, but. That's... That's where that the decade kind of started off with uh, horror. That's where the world had, well, that's where gaming had been kind of going. Yeah, that was, was the standard before yeah, it was Anisha action came horror. And, yeah, and Anisha came and say, "Hey, hey, that's not horror. No. This is what horror is supposed to be from the beginning. Horror is supposed to be survival horror, where you are just trying to survive. You're not trying to save the day and slay the bad guy and." know get the girl and whatever it's like that's not really horror horror is feeling completely fucking helpless there's something or many things out there trying to get you and you are just trying to get through it and not barely trying... barely yep. made it if, if that yep yep so, maybe you yeah. save the day in the end maybe you don't maybe maybe you die who knows but that's what horror is exactly and yep. and that came out when less players were starting to become something. PewDiePie, Markiplier, Yaseptikai. Mm -hmm. Yep. And the list go on. Yeah, and... yeah. That, yeah, it really boosted guys like uh, Markiplier, who Markiplier at that time was really focusing into horror yep. more so. He did the horror and indie stuff. And PewDiePie and Jacksepticeye were sort of everywhere, but they focused on indie because it was cheap to get into, you know? And yeah, exactly. Yeah, but a guy like Markiplier really <laughs> built an audience off of Animation. the indie horror genre. And I'd say he probably helped boost the entire system, the entire genre. He probably he gave it a big, big push. Yeah. And... Yeah, Ooh, yeah. which? Oh, I need to look this up because I'm not sure who came out first. Ba, 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 ba. First of what? 
if we want to go by the horror YouTube thing, right? Mm-hmm. I have to look this up real quick. Okay. okay. Yeah, okay. no, all right. It was Amnesia. So um, Amnesia kind of brought back horror, but then kind of on the heels of that, uh, there was the Slenderman game. <laughs> which yeah. say what you want about it whether you think it's a good game or not no right, i see where you're going from yeah right there with amnesia being kind of the youtube game and a you know bringing back horror slender did that same thing but i would say for the youtube audience better because it's short and it's spooky ooky yeah, short and jump scares. Yeah, I yeah, and it's got the jumpy scares and it's spoopy the whole time, and you know it's got a, you know. This I mean, now you, if we're going monster. down that route, you need to put Five Nights at Freddy's as well. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Those games, like like again, sort of that perfect trio that needed to happen because if it was just Amnesia, Amnesia is great. Don't get me wrong, but you need yeah, Slenderman. It's like the Indies. What yeah. we say about the indies is the same with those three. You horror. need you need a few games to come out back to back to back, you know, to really grab everybody's attention. Just kind of go, okay, there's something here. Like Slender is that short experience, you know, and it can spread like wildfire, wildfire across the internet. And yeah, they do a sequel and everything. Yeah, and uh, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, I would say he did more to keep the genre alive than anybody else this decade. Oh, yeah. I mean, they because... release a game every two hours. <laughs> yeah, he was releasing these games just back to back to back to back. And, like, it was incredible. I think that's smart. People, uh, some people were criticizing <clears throat> that. I think it was smart because considering it was made by one guy at first, because, you yeah. know, the, the VR one and the cell phone one, the AR one is, is a company, but those yeah. first four ones, mm -hmm. it was made by one guy alone. So I think he yep. did smart by trying to keep the hype alive long enough. Yeah. Because let's be honest, when he made the first one, I'm pretty sure he wasn't expecting this that big explosion, no. you know? No, so, he was he was making uh really small indie Christian games. Exactly. That is what Scott Coffin, that's his name. Scott Coffin. Yeah. Um, he was making these really small games that didn't go anywhere. Nobody gave a crap about these things, right? And and so just a shot in the dark, he made a game that he wanted to make that had no relation to anything. And that was Five Nights at Freddy's. And boom. Huge smash hit. Yeah. And not only was it like he made that game because people were saying that the the <laughs> the oh, characters right. look creepy. The yeah, he had a character. He was a, like, "Oh, yeah, okay." <laughs> he had a character in the previous game. He made that everybody was creeped out by. He was like, "Okay, do something creepy with this guy," and yeah, and he wound up making the first four games in a span of two years. And yep. then the fifth real game in the next year after that. Yeah. And then a few other spinoffs and stuff. But yeah, <laughs> exactly. man. 
Yeah. So yeah, that's another one. I mean, <laughs> what else? I mean, we're getting short right now. The list. Uh... Yeah. Should we put GTA 5? Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, it's it's GTA. GTA has been a big deal since 3. Yeah. You know, but... it's... I would probably say for influence, I'd look more to Red Dead Redemption because okay, sure. Um, it, it's GTA but Old West, right? Mm-hmm. That you can literally boil it down to that because they've always had these kind of outlandish, semi-serious, semi-goofy storylines. You know, oh, I love Red Dead, which do yeah, they're really good. Um, and they use and the modern GTAs have kind of more of a serious twist, and Red Dead Redemption really took the serious twist, and but it's still fun. It's still it's open world. The thing that Red Dead Redemption did better than anybody else was they made a Wild West game that kicked ass, and there had been attempts at it over the years, but never really took off or worked. Like, I'm a big fan of the original Red Dead Revolver. I like that, but it was it was an arcade game that somebody else was working on, yep. and that company folded, and Rockstar bought the game, pretty much just the whole thing, and put a little bit of their own twist on it and released it, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. And Gun came out the same year. Gun was, was good, actually. Gun was really good. But yeah. it wasn't the revolution that Red Dead no. Redemption was. Who made Gun? I don't remember. Was it Activision? Activision Wait. was a publisher. I think it was Neversoft or somebody you really weren't expecting. Gun game. Cowboy. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, yeah, Neversoft. Oh, yep. shit. Neversoft. Huh. Neversoft. Ooh, and Rebellion. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was a couple of companies you weren't really expecting to make that game. But still good, but not the revolution that Red Dead Redemption was. No. Red Dead Redemption uh, told everybody that you can make this incredible game based on the Wild West. And then from there, you start having a ton of Wild West games come out. Like, um, Call of Juarez happened shortly after that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that whole series, and then a whole bunch of indie stuff. <coughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But then nobody I... seemed to be able to replicate the success Red Dead Redemption had. And then but... two came out, and that blew yep. everyone's minds in terms of the graphics, and it. Yeah. Oof, that game is crazy. But, yep. Yeah. Which. Yeah. I agree. I totally agree with you. Yeah, which we can talk about the game that came out the same year as Red Dead 2 that wound up being a bit of an upset and sort of influential mm. in a sense. Not hugely, but I would say in a sense. Uh, Sure, I have another one that I just thought about, but let's okay. go with you so, so we don't lose the train of thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, God of War won GDC's Game of the Year that year against... Red Dead Redemption 2, which everybody was thinking. GDC which was which one? It... Three? What? Which God of War? The newest one. Oh, okay. It, oh, just, sure. yeah, sorry, it, you're talking about two. <laughs> I'm talking about four. 
What? Yeah, God of War. Just no, 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 wait. God of War. Because you said it won, it won Game of the Year. Uh, you're talking yes. about Red Dead Redemption 2 and God of War. I thought you were yeah, talking about the, the year, first Red yeah, Dead. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Red Dead Redemption 2 and okay. God of War, the reboot, soft yep. reboot. It was still a continuation of the story. But those games came out same year, you know, months yep. apart. But, and, uh, whatever you want to say, I, God of War won or beat Red Dead Redemption 2 at GDC for Game of the Year. And the Game Awards as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, like, uh, skipping the argument of which one was the better game, uh, God of War sort of did a thing where... The whole series was sort of tired, you know. People weren't that into the series anymore. It had yeah. and in, a lot of games, a lot of games. Yeah, and the stereotypical angry guy killing everyone because he's angry all the time. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and yeah, character was tired. Story was tired. They'd done too many games with it, you know. There are side games, there are phone games, mobile games, portable games, everything. It was, it was a lot. And 2018, they did a soft reboot because it's a continuation of the story. Yep, just another setting and yeah. gameplay. And they change, yeah, they changed the setting. They tweaked the gameplay and made the focus of the gameplay. Uh, sort of redemption because it's him he's got a kid he's trying not to be the guy he was before that guy killed his family by accident you know mm-hmm. yep and he sort of wasn't a not sort of he was not a good guy <laughs> he was just the <laughs> least no. bad guy of the series he was right? Hades bodyguard laptop yeah 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 so uh the newest one god of war at time of recording um yeah it was really about god of kratos trying to be a better guy trying to find redemption trying to not be the horrible monster that he was in the past and trying to teach his son how to be a decent human being while he yeah. himself is trying to figure out how to how be to a be decent one. <laughs> yeah it's like and so i'm i'm watching this just ooh ooh this is a good ass story man it was some awesome crunchy combat and beautiful how can graphics. you set an example when you as the example are not yeah, you're a <laughs> shitty example yeah, it's crazy. And, yeah, and, so and then it turns them. out the kid is Loki. Spoilers! Spoilers <laughs> for an almost two-year-old game now. Yeah. Man. Yeah, it's super yeah, it's fucking good. good. Uh, yeah, actually, it... I just thought of another game because we were talking about, you know, before Red Dead. Yeah. Games made by one guy. We need to talk about mm-hmm. Undertale. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, talk about a game that one guy made thanks to a Kickstarter 
And yeah, I mean, what can we say? That game came out, and for a moment, it took off really well. Yeah, and it, it sort and, of exploded. Uh, and I can say it's influential because look at Toby Fox right now. He's making really? music for some Nintendo games. He's doing his own thing. He got recognized all over the world. Uh, they are, you know, t-shirts as well. There are mm-hmm. toys. Sans is yeah. smash. I mean, it yep. started as a meme, and now it finally happened in a way, but it happened. Yeah. And the game itself is, you know what? You know what I like, but Oh. Because Undertale made me cry as well. Now that I remember, <laughs> <laughs> the pacifist ending that one got me really good. Yeah, the true pacifist ending is uh, that hits, man. Yeah. That ending hits hard. And I think that yeah, that game deserves to be recognized as well as one of the most influential ones this decade. Mm-hmm. It really kicked off. Um, sort of an indie games as art argument, yep, and maximizing what you can do with uh minimal tools because I think he made it in like RPG Maker. I could be wrong there, but he used. I, I all I remember is that he's it was a Kickstarter project at first. Yes, that much I don't know, but the rest I kind of game maker. Yeah, he made it oh, in maybe. Game Maker Studio. So he used, you know, some, I don't want to call them basic, but yeah, he had, he used the tools he could afford and what was, you know, he knew. And uh, I don't really want to call it one guy because there is Temi Chang doing a lot of the heavy lifting on art as well, but it was mostly Toby Fox. Yeah, yeah, right. Temi helped. That's yeah. true. Tammy has some of the more some of those iconic characters from the game as well. Like well, Tammy. <laughs> the the adorable little goofy. Boy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm college. <laughs> Go pay for college. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Well, and you uh, asshole the... made me sell a lot of things for one dollar. <laughs> you can go to college. <laughs> hey, once you get that, you can get the uh the Tammy armor. And that yeah. is so goddamn helpful for the yeah, final bosses. Cool. But yeah, yeah. No, so yeah. Undertale, pretty big. Uh it was really well made in tools and he had and um I would say alongside the mechanics in the game that were interesting, uh the writing on that game was phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. That game can be as emotionally and happy as well as one dark as fucking. Yep. Depending on which playthrough you're going through. Yeah. But Yep. And now now we have Delta Rune. I mean chapter one is mm-hmm. out now. We wait for chapter two. Yeah. Which I don't know yeah, when I it's mean, coming because but... he is a busy boy right now. Oh god, yeah. I hope yeah. I, I hope I'm still alive when it comes out. <laughs> yeah, because yep. God, taking a lot of time. So yeah, uh, I think that's it from my side. Unless you want to add one more or a couple more. There's uh, one we didn't talk about at all. 
League of Legends. You cannot mention yeah, uh, influential, important games this for this decade without Days mentioning all League. you, buddy. I never played that game. I played it twice and I got screamed at out of the game immediately both times. So I can't really talk about, huh? By a squeaker? No, just the community, not squeakers. Just the people who play it. Which Me. hey, League of Legends, fix your fucking community. You have the most toxic, awful community in gaming I have ever encountered. Okay? Really? Oh my god. I played it in the alpha. The pre-alpha one-month closed release, right? Mm. I played it within the first month of it coming out in closed beta, alpha, whatever you want to call it. Right? The first month of this game's existence and was screamed <laughs> at for not knowing how to play it being called the worst things, the worst insults people could come up with, right? It's like, Jesus Christ, no one knows how to play this game. It just came out. Like, are you fucking kidding me? So I dropped it, you know, and just like, I'm not playing with these assholes. Forget that. And then picked it up a few years down the road. Yeah, first match. You know, immediately screamed out for not knowing how to play the game. It's like, okay. All right, I'm not doing this. Fuck these people. You have so, congrats, yeah. League of Legends. Uh, you have put up blocks in on yourself because of your community being so fucking terrible. Yeah, I know, but yeah, uh, I but never it, played that game, so I don't know what to say. Yeah, yeah, whatever. They they created a genre with well, they didn't create the genre. Uh, but they really popularized it. The genre was created with Defense of the Ancients as a mod for Warcraft 3, um, and they made the most popular version of it. You know, the first, most well-made, expansive version of it. And then that turned into this massive, massive esports thing all over the world. Like, without League of Legends, there is no esports on the level it is right now you know fortnite has raised that level up even more but league of legends made it a global phenomenon where beforehand it was sort of this small thing that was at its biggest roots were in south korea and then league of legends uh made it a massive massive thing because you know if you knew the game, you could follow along and watch it and understand that these the the people playing it at the competitive level were really goddamn good and you know you know it yeah. was fun to watch if you knew what was going on. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> again, like, I'm, uh, I don't. Alpine. <laughs> yeah, it's I, whatever. Um, I just want to touch on League of Legends briefly for that and there's one other one I had forgot to mention which I, I still had a list open that reminded uh, me this one this is short but important and hugely divisive in the gaming community oh yeah okay gone home I don't know if you know this game I have it so, you know Why what I'm talking about. Though? Huh? Why is it divisive, though? Did I miss something? Possibly. 
Um, because people gave, called it a walking simulator. They it started an argument of is it even a game? Because there isn't a lot to do beyond walk around, uh, just looking at stuff. You know, and it sort of brought about the opposite of Dark Souls. You know, where Dark Souls is the most hardcore, <clears throat> difficult thing in the world. So it's bringing it back to hardcore players. Mm-hmm. And Call of Duty, you know, stuff like that are sort of not 100% casual, but it's, it's you know, it's the Transformers movies of video games where it's meant for the broadest appeal. And Gone Home is... You know, really for somebody who wants a story without this huge wall of them of uh, gameplay, I want to say. There's still gameplay to Gone Home. Kind but of. like you still have to follow what the thing is. You yeah. know, there is a mystery that you're trying to unlock and you, you know, you're walking around reading things and unlocking the story. You know, it's unfolding in front of you. And Gone Home kicked off the entire genre of what is now called the walking simulator. And I like them. I don't like all of them, but I like them. And everybody fucking loves the Stanley Parable. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and they're here to stay. So, yeah. Kickstarters really change shit, man. Yeah, it does. But yeah, I mean, I, I play Gone Home and I like it, but I yeah, never thought it was like, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, it's a things. book you experience as a game. I am totally okay with that. A hundred percent okay with that. And yeah. you kind of have to remember, not everybody wants to play everything the same way we all do like i'm pretty open on genres i'm willing to play pretty much anything so i kind of forget that people will get really salty about this stuff and gone home feels like an art game you know yeah it's trying to say something or be something you know an experience as opposed to you know like Mario is purely made for fun, you know. They're not trying to give a heavy message or any any symbolism or whatever. It is here's a dude. He jumps on turtles. He beats up the dragon and saves the princess. Right. That that's Mario. Gone home yep. is. There is stuff going on here. There is message. There is there. You know the writers and developers are trying to say something. So. Yeah. And yeah. I think with that one, we, we have every, we're going to wrap think, it up. <laughs> I think we covered pretty much everything now. Yeah. yeah. Pretty if we miss much. one, then sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I have stuff to do. My friend needs to work <laughs> pretty soon. So we need to yep. put it a stop right here and remind you guys that you can follow us on Twitter on Podvania radio. Mm-hmm. Same on Facebook. Yep. And Happy New Year. 
Ya. Yeah. Happen or Enjoy, enjoy your 2019 while left, what is left. Yeah. Yes, it's um, close. I'm, I'm, I have a fever right now or something. I can't think straight. Yep, and we will be doing a uh, another podcast coming up here about the games we actually were our favorites of the decade or just in general whatever oh yeah mm-hmm. that's gonna be a very different list beyond yeah, most important influential. so so yeah look forward to that and yeah that's it i'm jd does and be on behalf of my friend lord butlet we'll see you in the next one hell yeah bye-bye